Welcome back. It's Charlie O'Shields here with another episode of Sketching Stuff. I love this time of year where I live. As the days get longer, they also start to get a bit sunnier as well. While I love a rainy day, a sunny day is particularly inspiring. As a kid, I was always excited for summer break, and even though I don't get that as an adult, it still makes me a little giddy. And it's fun to remember all of the things I enjoyed as a kid during this time and the new things I now enjoy as an adult. First and foremost is drawing and painting, of course, and the summer is my favorite time to do it. Of course, one of the best bits of summer is that World Watercolor Month returns in July. I'm letting you know now so you can save the date and join me for this non-profit event featuring the 31 watercolors and 31 days challenge supporting arts education. I know some of you out there have other creative hobbies, but I figured I would see if I could tempt you to try watercolor with me. It's super fun and that's precisely the reason I'm always trying to get more people to do it. I'm convinced that each of us already instinctually knows how to draw and paint. We all learned how as kids. It's just a matter of remembering and letting our hearts play and explore. So I hope you'll enjoy this next selection of stories inspired while sketching sunny days. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Childhood Picnic When thinking about a prompt of picnic once, I first thought of a lovely picnic basket, but when I thought about the food inside, memories of childhood came floating back to me. There were many types of food that I remember from family picnics when I was older, but I went a bit further back in time. So we ended up with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, an apple, and a juice box. This was my fave meal as a little kid, and for some bizarre reason, the juice box was my favorite part. There's just something cool about drinking out of a box rather than a glass. It always felt more unique and special. Certainly, these were only things I received on road trips or family outings and never at home, so perhaps that added to the allure. The little juice box was much more elevated as it became synonymous with fun. Or yeah, maybe I'm just easily amused. It truly takes very little to make me smile, as my imagination can take even the simplest of things and turn them into something extraordinary. I found it just makes life more fun to live and each day more interesting than the next. I recently saw Toy Story 4, which for a fourth installment of a trilogy turned out to be very enjoyable. The premise of the entire franchise lies in the wondrous idea that toys come to life in the moment we leave the room. And better still, they are doing everything they can to look after us and make us happy. The little kid inside me still wants to believe this is true, though the adult screams it's perfectly impossible. My inner child just giggles at the adult and says, prove it. This makes the adult confused and concerned as he realizes it's not possible to either prove or disprove. The toys never move when anyone is present, so we'll never really know for sure. That's a magical thought indeed, but that's the way my mind works. It's not about truly believing in magic, it's about reminding myself to always imagine the possibilities in life, no matter how impossible they might seem. It's often far too easy to discount something and move on. Yet with just a touch of magical thinking, new possibilities begin to appear. That's nothing truly profound, and it's really just the definition of creativity itself. The other day, I was told by someone, I'm not creative like you, 
To which I immediately thought, why not? Why on earth would someone think they aren't creative? I firmly believe that we were all born creative, so if someone no longer feels that way, what changed along the way? Perhaps like sketching and drawing, creativity is something that just takes daily practice. What was an everyday event as a child can become a rare treat as an adult. So that's why my goal has been to try to get as many people as possible to sketch stuff with me, and why it's been such a joy to watch people just starting out experiencing the thrill of creating something new. So much of life is filled with things we don't understand yet, but when it comes to creating things, we already know more than we think. And there's a real power in that natural creative ability that we all possess. Sure, it may not make us actually believe that toys can spring to life when we leave the room, but it can make us see the world in a much more hopeful and productive way. It's why today you'll suddenly find me taking a moment to marvel at the magical qualities of a juice box on a childhood picnic. Fresh Treats of Summer When thinking about a prompt of berries once, my mind went to strawberries, but more specifically, strawberry shortcake, which was the triumphant signal that summer had arrived. Like many foods, strawberries aren't actually berries in the botanical sense, and many things with a berry in their name aren't really that at all. But this isn't a story about botanical classifications, thankfully, and instead about whipped cream. Just kidding. It's about fresh strawberries topped with whipped cream over a bit of sponge cake. I actually had a bite of a version of this during a lunch meeting, but it was super fancy. It tasted delicious, but was nothing like the kind I had as a kid. That kind involved a store-bought sponge cake and a tub of Cool Whip. The only thing produced by nature were the fresh strawberries. It was delicious. And since it was simply an assemblage and required no actual cooking done this way, it was something I could make myself. When you're a little kid, making something yourself is the coolest thing in the world. It's any wonder that it took me over 20 years to start making and coloring my own sketches. Sometimes adults forget things, but that kid inside will always remember. There's little chance that I'll be able to experience that store-bought sponge cake again. I pointed them out to Philippe and he scrunched up his nose so much I thought it might fall off. There were true shortcakes at Trader Joe's this past weekend that received a better reaction from him, but not one that included the familiar nod that allowed me to add it to the shopping bag. In truth, it means as ever that Philippe would prefer to make everything from scratch. I would adore that, but it often fails to happen. I felt lucky to get waffle cones in a box this past weekend for the ice cream I did personally make from scratch. A no-cook family recipe and the only dessert I know how to make properly because the only real skill involved is roughly measuring ingredients. There was a contraption that Philippe was eyeing to make his own waffle bowls, but he never actually bought it. I can't blame him, as one has to consider how many waffle bowls they might actually require in a year to justify such a single-use appliance. I tried to fight for it, saying that if I made homemade ice cream year-round, it would definitely justify the purchase. He just smiled again as one does to a pet. I have to admit that being an American kid, I have very different food memories than Philippe. I adore testing his childhood memories as they taste like high-end cuisine to me. A bit like taking a vacation without leaving home. 
It's because everything was made from scratch and even the store-bought items weren't quite so transformed. Conversely, it's not really the same when he goes to taste my own childhood treats. Much of the time, he politely passes on the opportunity. In retrospect, I can't blame him as saying, you just need three boxes to make it, isn't a compelling advertisement to someone raised on actual food. But despite the suspect nutritional value of my youth, I adore the memories of the food I had back then. Not even the flavor or texture or any of the things that apply to fine cuisine. It's just the memory of being with the people I love most, and the food simply became an enabler, a chance to come together in the hottest months of the year and celebrate a single natural ingredient while happily enjoying those fresh treats of summer. Lightning bugs or fireflies? When I was a kid during the summer months, lightning bugs or fireflies were my favorite sign that summer had begun, so that's what came to mind for a prompt of lightning once. A few at least, captured for a moment in a mason jar. Though we have plenty of thunderstorms and actual lightning here during the summer, I caught a glimpse of one of these little flying beetles glowing last night and it was so thrilling. I remembered chasing them gleefully through the evening as the sun was setting as a child. I was reading an article once about why people in the United States call them lightning bugs and others call them fireflies. I always knew them as lightning bugs, which is most common in the Midwest and the South, where lightning storms are more prevalent. If you're in the West, you're more likely to call them fireflies, though it's rare to see a flashing one, where wildfires are more prevalent. That's no proof that this was the exact reason for the difference in names, but it seems perfectly plausible, so it's the one I choose to believe. Of course, just two names wouldn't be enough for this wonder of nature, so there are tons of others, including blinkies, moonbugs, golden sparklers, and fire devils. As it turns out, something that flies about with a glowing butt is apparently rather difficult to accurately describe. I've always called them lightning bugs because indeed any flashes of light here remind me of lightning storms. Lightning was equal parts terrifying and thrilling when I was a kid, but when you're a kid in these cases, the fear subsides and the thrill always wins out. The same thing happened with tornadoes. When cowering in our basement, I secretly wanted to go outside and actually view one in person. A stupidly dangerous idea to be sure, but that's the plight of the curious. Thankfully, no tornadoes have ever gotten quite that close until a couple of weeks ago when one skipped by just a bit too close to the city. So in the end, I prefer the calmer, natural wonders like lightning bugs. It's quite clear when it comes to weather that we've pissed nature off and one can only hope we learn to dance with it instead of always blindly ignoring the importance of harmony. Philippe loves dinosaurs, and certainly their impressive 165 million years on this planet pales in comparison to our own. Our own species has been around only about 200,000 years, but only truly human as we know it for a much, much shorter period. Humans are quite different, however, since they aren't naturally prone to live in tandem with an ecosystem, but more likely to lean toward an ecosystem instead. Perhaps there's something very important to learn from dinosaurs after all. 
For my own part, I've always adored nature. I love that we get to live alongside so many different and fascinating creatures. I was the kid who would capture lightning bugs along with the others, but only for a moment before letting them go again. I would have been heartbroken if I thought I'd separated a little glowing beetle from his wife and children for very long. My favorite part was indeed the moment when I released them back into the world, harboring just a bit of guilt for my curious indulgence. I only wanted to capture a bit of that magic and that was such an overwhelming feeling that I got a bit lost in the moment. Today, I turn instead to watercolor to recreate many of those moments. I hope to capture just a tiny glimpse of that magical feeling that I had once before, in a time when I didn't know what was coming next. A single moment of joy that now feels perfectly timeless. Though the world changes forward with new and incredible things to offer every day, life has always been truly incredible. Sometimes you just have to pause for a moment and really look at what it naturally has to offer. So I'll choose to keep showing up with my tiny glimpses of the most mundane things while for a moment stopping only to ponder if I could call these tiny miracles lightning bugs or fireflies. A squirrel stealing tomatoes. Since I've already sketched quite a lot of tomatoes, when I had that prompt once, I decided to paint the first thing that came to mind when I thought of them. Once, Philippe and I tried to grow our own tomatoes, but often, before we could get to them, we'd find one or two half-eaten already. In our case, they were simply pots of hope, since we live in the city and don't actually have a yard. The culprit was a squirrel who merely enjoyed sampling them. In many ways, it was all quite civilized, as rather than eating the entire thing, he just tasted one a few times and scurry away. It was as if he thought eating the entire fruit would be quite rude and instead left the majority behind for others to enjoy. Well, since Philippe and I weren't really keen to eat after a squirrel, we were not the others and we were not particularly pleased. We often like to joke that our dog Phineas has a squirrel for a friend since one is often looking through the glass door that leads into our kitchen and we've named him Michael. I showed Phineas my sketch for tonight, and though he's a silent Basenji dog, his eyes betrayed him and I could see him thinking, that's classic Michael. But after a season of sharing our summer harvest with Phineas's friend, we've yet to try to grow tomatoes again. In many ways, I have to admire Michael. He seized the opportunity and chased after his prize. Sure, to him it was entirely primal, but it made me think about my own approach to opportunity. My moral compass wouldn't allow me to steal food from others, of course, but even when I see a good and fair chance, I don't always take it. I've had so many chances in life to try something new and reinvent myself entirely. Sometimes I've chased after them, but other times I'm less eager and more uncertain. Many times it's a simple decision as I merely doubt the opportunity itself. It's something that just doesn't feel right, and quite like Michael, I've always learned to trust my instincts. Yet other times, it's not that I doubt what I could do next, I simply doubt myself. I worry that although this chance has presented itself, I'm not the right one for the part. There are others that are far more competent in whatever it is, and I should let them do it instead. This self-doubt has held me back so many times in life. 
while most things become a truth after we experience them, doubt becomes a truth because we simply don't try. The very act of not trying something confirms that doubt and it becomes a fact. As I've gotten older, I've worked hard to challenge those facts that I've decided about myself. One of which you experience every day if you visit me on my blog, I didn't think I could draw at all, much less paint, and though I wanted to write, I thought that was better left to others more talented as well. That's three things I told myself I couldn't do, that I now do each and every day. And truly, there are still lots of people out there way more skilled and triumphant than I, but for once, I chose to show up anyway. I'm defying my own inner critic each and every day to appear and share my sketches and stories. And one would think I've proven myself worthy by this point after nearly five years of consecutive daily posting, but I'm still just practicing each and every day. I could never call myself an expert in anything yet. I'm not sure I ever will be, and truly, I'm not sure what being an expert really means. What I do know is that I adore being a student of both life and art, and I'm eager to show up to class each and every day. It's not all that different than when I was a little boy, ready to learn everything possible. I'll grab for knowledge and bits of information with glee, tasting as many things as I can as I move along in life, like a squirrel stealing tomatoes. Skipping Stones When thinking of a prompt of stones once, I thought back to when I was a little kid and loved skipping stones across the water. It was a game of taking a flat stone and flinging it into the water to watch it bounce across the surface. The goal, beyond just having fun and killing time, was to get the stone to skip several times before it sank. I would be happy with just a handful of skips and it was just cool to see the stone gliding across the water. Apparently though, when taken as a more serious sport, it's possible to make many more skips across the water. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the world record for the most number of skips is 88 and is held by Kurt Mountainman Steiner. It's no surprise that I myself never even came close to such a historic feat. Most likely because literally nobody who knows me would ever give me anything resembling the nickname of Mountain Man. But as with most things in life, no matter what we try, there's always someone out there who's more accomplished. Thankfully, when it comes to having fun, none of that really matters at all. I've never been particularly athletic, so throwing objects was probably a skill best left to those who excel at sport. I had friends much more gifted in that arena who could skip stones like champions. Though my own stone skipping ability was questionable in comparison, I didn't mind. It was just so much fun to do. As I grew up, nothing much changed in that approach to life. I'm still happily trying anything I can as I leave mastery to the masters. It's not that I don't wish to improve, I certainly try to. It's simply that I've learned that practice is all it really takes to get better at something. So worrying over mastery is entirely unnecessary. I just keep skipping along like a stone dancing across the water, seeing just how far I can get before I sink. And then I hop up and start skipping again with glee. 
and the moment I don't feel that glee is the only moment I stop to question what it is I'm trying. There have been many hobbies that sort of lost their thrill, but sketching and writing has been the most thrilling hobby ever. I have a secret dream, of course, of being able to illustrate and write full-time, but in the meantime, I'm happy just finding a little moment each and every day to practice. And in many ways, the fact that it hasn't become like a job is rather freeing. It's still just a visit to a playground of ideas and thoughts that I capture for the sheer enjoyment of doing it. And I do hope whoever finds my sketches and rambles will enjoy them as well. As I get older, I find the greatest enjoyment in life comes from embracing the best bits with all my heart. This is indeed what makes me come across crazy with optimism all of the time, but that's how I choose to live. Life is too short to waste being grumpy about things that aren't exactly as we'd like them to be. Perhaps that's why I so often think back to my littlest self and try to once again harness that pure, simple feeling of wonder and creativity. To me, that's the secret elixir or the fountain of youth, a magical place where a series of memories can remind me that I once believed I could do anything at all, even if I wasn't the very best when it came to skipping stones. A ship in a bottle. While thinking about boats once, my mind drifted to thinking about a ship in a bottle. These models have forever intrigued me as I've always loved puzzles and mysteries. This is what's known as an impossible bottle, which is any bottle with an object inside that appears far too big to have fit through the bottle's mouth. It's something that obviously happened as it's right there in front of us, but there's no immediate solution as to how it actually occurred. It's as though something mysteriously appeared there. Things like this were exciting to me as a child, mostly because I preferred to accept that it was indeed some sort of magic. It was far more fun that way. As an adult, if I wasn't able to figure out exactly how an impossible bottle was created, I would still assume there was simply a clever human trick at play. A bit more cynical than my childhood self, who would imagine all sorts of impossible scenarios for that impossibility. I miss those days quite a lot, so whenever I can, I remind myself to stop looking for so many solutions and take a moment to just enjoy the mystery. Sometimes, instead of looking for answers, it's better to just revel in the questions. That's one of the things I love about art. There are endless ways to approach it, and not one of them is ever the definitive solution. In the end, it's simply a matter of taste that decides if something is revered by millions or adored by just a few. Either way, it's a glorious journey filled with lots of impossible moments. Today, for example, I only had 15 minutes to sketch something, which certainly seems impossible until you stop and actually try it. As it turns out, anything really is possible if we just try to make it happen. Much of the time when I have to get something done quickly, I often find myself choosing the simpler path, or at least what I think is the simplest thing I can imagine. In reality, we are capable of doing much more than we can imagine. So sometimes, I find it fun to try something a bit too difficult for the tiny bit of time I've set aside. It pushes me to invent ideas quickly, and the outcome is always rather surprising. Part of the reason my time today was so short was that I took a rare break. 
I played games and did nothing of importance and just had a lot of fun. Sure, I'm behind on things, but I'm ahead emotionally, so that's always a plus and means I'll catch up very quickly. Tonight, Philippe and I are enjoying some leftovers from last night and continuing our lazy day. After managing to do one productive thing by filling the car with gas, we felt that was enough adult chores for the day. It's been incredibly refreshing and based on the way I feel in this moment, something I've needed for quite some time. And the best part is my head is spinning with brand new ideas of things I'd like to try next. Not today, of course, as I'm still adoring being lazy, but sometime in the very near future. Tonight, I'm going to relax and revel in the blissful parts of life that require no thinking whatsoever. Moments that I can simply experience as they come. Even if something truly unexpected were to occur in this very moment, I would simply embrace the magic, just like I did once years ago, while marveling at a ship in a bottle. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. 